Who's here? Grocery delivery! Oh. oh, come in. Set it down here. On the counter. Yes, please. Care to stay a while? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Sales. I am Urmila, friend of the spirits. How nice that you wish to join me in this centuries-old gypsy tradition, which has been passed down from my forefathers and mothers in Papova, Romania. I just still don't understand how you can have four fathers and only one mother. A word of warning to the non-believers. Go now from this chamber if you have the least bit of doubt. For a spirit never ventures where it is not deemed as true. Now, let us begin. again to old-time rock and roll. I'm your host, Lee Douglas, and tonight I take you through the world of Halloween's greatest hits on old-time rock and roll. Having just finished our 13th anniversary show, beginning on next year, we thought it was time to play the hits of Halloween past. One of the oldest and most funny old-time spooky songs, Bob McFadden, The Mummy.
I scare people. Look what happens when I walk up to somebody. <laughs> I'm the mummy. <laughs> I was born 1,959 years ago. My daddy was a mummy too. What's what happens when I walk up to somebody? I'm a mummy. I don't try to scare people. I really came back to life to buy a copy of Cookie Cookie. Lend me your comb. But people run from me. What's what happens when I walk up to somebody? I'm a mummy. afraid of me? Oh, well. Watch what happens when I walk up to somebody. <laughs> I'm a mummy. That's cool. I'm a mummy. You mean you're a mother? No, I'm a mummy. I'm a baby. People are afraid of me. Yeah, I'm pep. I was born 1,959 years ago. Oh, yeah? Like, that's a long kid. Where can I buy a copy of Cookie Cookie? Lend me your comb. Ooh, man, I don't think that jazz. You know, throwback sharing, modern jazz quartet. I'm a mummy. Man, you gotta walk through. Aren't you afraid of me? Aren't you gonna scream? Oh, yeah. Like help. Well, for those of you who are Dark Shadows fans, originally, back in the 1960s, we used to rush home to watch each episode after school, this is kind of important. It could be right now that there's word that the CW is working on a sequel Just to Dark dozen. Shadows using and paying homage to the show of the past. Nothing to do with Johnny Depp's ridiculous, lousy Dark Shadows movie, but a continuation of the saga of the Collins family. Doesn't matter, I have the whole thing on, on tape, but it's nice to think of. Here is Robert Colbert and his orchestra and the theme from Dark Shadows. <laughs> shadows we're going to be hearing a lot more about that so the rest of tonight's shows are just that the best and most famous 
Halloween horror spooky type songs of the last 30, 40, 50, 60 years. And we're going to start right now. Ray Parker Jr. Who do you call? Ghostbusters.
right now, one of the greatest pieces of horror music ever produced, Night on Bald Mountain, this time by Mannheim Steamroller. gentlemen that are synonymous with Halloween and horror when it comes to music. Here's one of many of the pieces you're going to hear tonight from him, Screamin' Jay Hawkins, Frenzy. Frenzy! Frenzy! 
favorite musical piece from the famous Rocky Horror Picture Show. The whole cast, The Time Warp. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control.
then. This is now. Springwood's nightmares are just beginning. <laughs> this is God. In the 1950s, our favorite game show host, Bert Convy, was still singing rock and roll songs like this one, The Gorilla. We were out of school with nothing to do, so we jumped in my car and we went to the zoo. Having nothing fun, just walking around, looking in the cages when I heard a funny sound. Somebody yelled, and one began to shout. I turned around and my eyes bugged out. He's out of his cage. He's on a rampage. Swinging his arms all over the place. Fiery red eyes and a big ugly face. Keep, 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 He climbed on a bus and he rode downtown, stopping all the traffic for miles around. He heard some music coming from a record shop, jumped off the bus and he started to pop. Swinging his arms all over the place, dancing rock and roll with a grin on his face. Dip, 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 He heard some music coming from a record shop. He jumped off the bus and he started to bop. He stopped his dancing and looked up in the sky. A flying purple people leader was flying by. He reached up and grabbed him and he ate him a hole. Over the past few years, I've given you a primer about the Hollywood Flames, Bobby Day and the Satellites, Bob and Earl all being one and the same. This was their Halloween offering, Frankenstein's Den. Takes you down. It's morning flowers beneath the ground. It's like you're sitting there. I'm sitting and standing there. Yeah, old man. Oh, yeah. 
decides to spoof something, he does it in the most hilarious fashion. Back in 1957, there were quite a few things on the movie horizon. One of them was, of course, the the dealing with advertising in the man with the gray flannel suit. On the other hand, there was also a big fervor about Michael Landon and his uh, <laughs> in his movie called I was a teenage werewolf. So he took them both, combined them together with music, and made this gray flannel suit full of teenage werewolves. Twentieth Century Freebright presents Gray Flannel Hat Full of Teenage Werewolves. Yes, I look like a normal werewolf. Happy, respectable, pointy-toothed, accepted by the werewolf community. But little do they know of that nameless terror with which I live. That unspeakable thing that turns me when the sun is full into an advertising man! How did it start? I do not know. I only remember that one night I returned to my home under a certain bridge in Westchester County, New York. I had spent a normal night werewolfing around Scarsdale and was just getting in when my father woke up. Hey, is that you, Lobo? Yes, Pop. What do you mean, getting in at this hour? It's only 4.30 a.m. A good, decent werewolf is supposed to be out till at least 5.30. Oh, Pop. When I was at your age, I was out till sun up every morning. Well, no matter. Did you do some good werewolfing tonight? Yeah, but... I get tired of running around showing my fangs and biting people. <laughs> Give me a curfew, Pop. Make me get in by 4.30. Listen, don't you never want to amount to nothing? This is America, where any kid can grow up to be Dracula. 
<laughs> yeah, but I don't want to be a werewolf for a living. Chen, bite your tongue. I what don't want to be a werewolf. I don't. <laughs> You've broken the werewolf oath. It's lucky your mother ain't awake to hear you say that. Break her heart. Now go to sleep before I give you the back of my claw again. Karloff knows what'll happen to you now. But I didn't go to sleep. I lay there thinking. How long, I do not know. Suddenly, as the sun began to come up, I felt as though a strange transfiguration were taking place. My fangs became short and blunt. My head became crew-cut. <laughs> the hair on my body slowly turned into gray flannel. My head filled with senseless metaphor. And suddenly I knew that I was turning into an advertising man! <laughs> Let's, let's roll it all up into one big ball of wax, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, Miss Hotchkiss, give me the presentation on the Emerson account. Wake up! Wake up, Paul! Lobo's out of his head! What? He's saying weird things in his sleep. Like what? Well, it sounded like he said, Miss Hotchkiss, bring me the Emerson account. <laughs> He's sick! He must have been a vegetarian. <laughs> Look at him there. He's got a man's suit on. He's running toward the tracks. Where's he going? Don't worry, none more. He's probably just gone back out to bite a couple commuters. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good boy, Lobo! As I ran out from under the bridge... I saw a train approaching, bound for New York. As it came abreast of me, I leapt onto it through the open door. All right, come on, Johnson. Let's uh, walk on back to the club car and get some coffee. Hey, check. What? Oh, look, there's a guy sort of crouching in the vestibule. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing down on all fours, old man? Roll it all up into one big ball of wax, gentlemen. Oh, how's that? Hey, look here, Johnson's my name. Are you from Scarsdale? I don't believe I saw you at the station. Why, uh... <clears throat> Bogarty's my name. You mind if I ask what business you're in? <clears throat> Miss Hotchkiss, bring me the Emerson account. Ah, work for an advertising agency, huh? That's ah, a small world, so do we. <laughs> yeah. Now let's send up the flag and see if anybody salutes. Hey, he must work for our agency. Funny, though. Never seen him around the office. Yeah. Hey, fellas, are we going to stand in this vestibule all day? Let's get some coffee, gentlemen. I went on in with Johnson and Fogarty to their agency on Madison Avenue. A place called Batten, Barton, Rubicum, and Thompson. 
Naturally, I started out as a copywriter and worked my way up. I learned new things to say, like, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, boys. Let's mother hen the idea. And I like it, but... <laughs> With my gray flannel suit, I worked my way up the ladder until I was vice president. I had taken the name of Bryce and no one suspected me. I continued being werewolf by night, ad men by day, because when the sun came up, I could not control this gray flannel thing that came over me. <laughs> and then, of course, there was the business of Miss Wilway. <clears throat> Would you uh, come in a moment, Miss Wilway, and bring me the food folder? Yes. Now, um, Fogarty, I, uh, <laughs> I hope you don't feel badly because I've been made vice president and you haven't. No, 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 no. That's the way the cookie crumbles, Bryceak. <laughs> My day is coming. What do you mean by that, Fogarty? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Here's the presentation on the food account, Mr. Bryceak. The food account, yeah. <clears throat> Yes, thank you, Miss Wilway. Uh, by the by, Miss Wilway, uh, <laughs> how's about uh, lunch with me today? Mm, gee, Mr. Brosacker, I'd love it, but uh, wouldn't you rather make it for dinner? Well, yeah. Uh, no, I, uh, <clears throat> that is... Uh, yeah, why not for dinner? Where, where do you go at night, anyhow? None of us ever see you after you get off at the bridge outside Scarsdale. <laughs> What's wrong with that? What are you implying? You think it's unusual that I got off at the bridge? No. No, I, I think it's unusual, only because the train doesn't even slow down at the bridge. <laughs> yes, well, <clears throat> shall we say lunch then, Miss Wilway? I'd love it. Now, you watch out for him, Lucretia. <laughs> I hear he's a regular wolf. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, look, there's no need to snap at me, Bryce Hacker. <laughs> Gee, look at his eyes, boy. Oh, Mr. Bryceacker, you're so cute when you're mad. Yeah, well, don't just stand there. Wipe off his chin. <laughs> All right, come on, Fogarty. They're waiting for us in there in a meeting. I'll expect you to back me up. Sure. Right against the wall. Ah, uh, gentlemen. Good morning, J.B. Morning, G.G., H.L., P.Q., B.B., D.O. <laughs> Well, now, let's see your suggestions on the food account, Bryce Echo. <clears throat> yes. Well, I mother-hand this idea for some time, and I think it's about ready to hatch. Well, let's run up the flag and see if anybody salutes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> You'll give me a chance, Fogarty. I'll get on with my presentation. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> here are the new uh, food radio commercials, gentlemen. Hot, hot off the press. <laughs> uh, put it on the machine there, Fogarty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You scratched my commercial! Now, now, easy there, Bryce Sacker. There's no need to bite Fogarty's head off. I like that. Yes, but we're all playing on the same side of the net. If we just rally together, perhaps we can ace one over. Bryce Sacker's just a little distraught, G.H. I happen to know that he's been working nights on this. Nights? Well, now, come on, come on now. Play the record, Fogarty, and we'll see how the ball bounces. <laughs> Any time is the time for food, 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 food. Just put it in your mouth. Chew it up with your teeth and swallow it. You can bet your bottom dollar you'll say food is good. <laughs> now, here's a man right here. 
Uh, pardon me, sir. I understand you've eaten food. Yeah, I have. Uh, would you describe the sensation for us? Yeah, well, before I ate it, my stomach was growling something fierce. And I had a, I had a kind of pain in it. And, uh, what would you call the pain? Well, sort of, uh, hunger. <laughs> yes. Hunger. A copyrighted name for Food Incorporated. And... What happened to the pain after you ate some food? It went away. <laughs> yes, leading specialists agree that food is the number one cure for hunger. Is that it, Bryce Ackham? Yes, it is, G.H. Huh. What do you think of it? Oh, I like it, but it doesn't have enough, uh... It hasn't got enough, uh... Well, I couldn't agree with you more, G.H. No, sir. <laughs> I'm, no, I, I like it. I like it very much. Bryce Ackham's done a wonderful job here. When I move that we give it the deep six and move on to something that really needs brainstorming, something important that needs a lot of sculling, but what about my commercial? Now, don't interrupt Fogarty when he's got something in the hopper. Bend the tree a little more, Fogarty, and maybe some of the branches will fall into place. <laughs> All right. Okay. I, uh, I blue-skied this quite a bit, and I move that we find a summer replacement for Rin Tin Tin. Agreed, agreed, agreed. After Fogarty pulled that one, I could scarcely control myself. I could see them all staring at the white froth about my mouth. <laughs> to ward off any suspicion, I whipped out a razor and shaved. <laughs> As time went on, Miss Wilway and I fell hopelessly in love. But I dared not reveal my true identity. She might feel picky about being engaged to a werewolf. <laughs> How was I to know if I could trust myself with her at night? Under a harvest moon, would I hold her hand or eat it? <laughs> then again, how could I take her home to father? I knew she was safe with mother. <laughs> whose bite hasn't been too effective ever since that night in the fog at Chappaqua when she mistakenly bit a bronze statue of Horace Greeley and lost all her teeth. <laughs> but fate had a trick up her sleeve. One day at the office... You rang for me, Mr. Brosacker. <laughs> Lucretia, my darling. We're alone at last. Oh, Lucretia... How long must how long must we go on like this? I could go on loving you forever, Al. But when am I going to meet your parents? I wish they'd have me for dinner sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I 
absolute greatest the animation voiceover specialists in the whole world are right there for you. Stan Freeberg, Dawes Butler, who by the way did Huckleberry Hound, and of course June Foray, who actually did Rocky the Flying Squirrel. You're screaming Jay Hawkins once again with Little Demon. Demon blowing his top, fire in his eyes, and smoke from his head. You gotta be real cool to hear the words he said. 
for the one he loves, so he had death on his mind, cause my demon let him go, he wanna run through the world, till he understand his pain, somebody help him get his demon home again, he did This Frankenstein. All the love I've got Things will be fine when she's all mine She'll be my pretty little Frankenstein Frankie, Frankie, oh, Frankie, 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 Fr
One of the biggest names in rock and roll pop horror was Bobby Boris Pickett. And yet, we would consider him a one-hit wonder because it was the only song he had that ever made the charts. But tonight, we're going to change that. I'm going to let you hear from Bobby's own album, Unheard Songs. From Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers. Monster Mash? Maybe, but a lot more. Boris, here it is. Here what is? The Transylvania twist. All right, let's hear it. Frankie likes it. But will the living dig it? Of course, stupid. Just me and my mommy, my mommy and me. It happened in Egypt by the old river Nile, well, at the base of a pyramid. She gave me a smile, do, 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 do. her bandage unraveled, decayed flesh I did see, now it's me. And my mommy, my mommy and me Flesh like clay, in her tomb she did lay For thousands and thousands of years Where I came one day Found her rotting away And dried all her clay like We married in Cairo 
the very next day. Now outside our crypt, the inscription does say, Here lie two mummies, wrapped close as can be, It's just me and my mummy, my mummy and me. I love her so, she's my mummy, you know. I can't live without her, she has me all tangled up. She's just my girl, my I've got the blood bank blues. I didn't pay my dues. They shut me off. I've got the blood bank blues. How could they refuse to give me a pint or two? I'm sick and tired of being treated so. All I really need is a little typo. I've got the blues. Those old blood bank blues. When the red corpuscles meet with the white, it makes for a wonderful treat. You can keep your filet and your top of the ram. That is just my meat. All of the living's banks close in the afternoon, but that is much too soon. But for the vampire's trust, it is a midnight must when the moon is full and new. All deposits and withdrawals then must be done after ten. I've got the blues, those old blood bank blues. Let me in, wee-hoo. I'm dry as a bone. Go away or I'll send your wings. The reason that my blues, they did start, Boris put a stake in my teller's heart. I don't get it out before the sun is high. How will I ever fly? I've really got the shakes, my wing membrane aches. How will I make it tonight? Is the boss of the local Red Cross? I'd like to know his name. If he just doesn't give a heck, I'll put the bite to his neck and lose my blues. Those old blood bank blues. Let me in, you and dry as a bone. Go away before I singe your wings. We you, darn it, I said we you. Doesn't anyone know popular music? Hariko, you don't want to be late your first day on the job. Master, do I have to work day? Yes, Igor. I pulled a lot of strings to get you this position. Master, I want to work nights with Count Dracula. 
His crew is already full. Besides, I need you on days. I must have fresh graves for all the bodies coming in. Besides, you failed your vampire test last month. What's it called? The Shift Master. Hundreds of bodies rise from their graves each night and do the graveyard shift till dawn. Sounds like a gas evil. I think I'll fall by tonight and see what's happening. Master, will you put me on nights now? I'll see what's going on. I'll let you Still working in the lab late these nights with eyes grown used to eerie sights. I created a monster who could dance and walk. I couldn't teach him how to talk My faithful assistant, that hunchback fool Who wastes his time in DJ school says I'll have to get him, don't be a sap DJ is just a monster app You've got to shock the body Shock the body body Shock the body Shock the body body Shock the body Shock the body body Shock Igor, you idiot Yes, master Bring me some vocal cords Yes, master I just want to hear him speak And tonight the storm will reach its peak Connect electrodes, turn on the power We operate within the hour The kites went up without a hitch Then Igor screamed I'll pull this switch Boat came down, his head went zap Now he's doing the monster rap Shock the body, shock the body body Shock the body, shock the body body Shock the body, shock the body body Shock I've given you a voice, now rap for daddy Well, I shot a million bolts into my brain Now I'm ready to rap like a runaway train If you get in my way, we're bound to clash Cause I'm the same dude that did the monster mash That's my boy! I shot my body, body So I invited the zombies, creeps and ghouls And turned them into rapping fools Drac woke up from his nap, said Teach me how to you gotta shock the body, shock the body body, shock the body, shock the body body, shock the body, shock the body body, shock. Igor, you fool. Yes, master. He's breaking loose. We've reached a goal undreamed of by science. Listen, he's going to rap again. I got bolts in my neck, a flat top head. I'm eight feet tall and I'm back from the dead. You see, I can break rappers the tears, cause I've been monster rapping for a hundred years, they all light up the torches, change to the town, they do everything, 
If you must, I'll play the Monster Mash for you one last time. Suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did. 
the Monster Mash. The Monster Mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the Monster Mash. But I love Notari in the castle east. To the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abodes to catch a jolt from my electrode. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They did the mash. It caught on in a flash. They did the mash. They did the monster mash. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking, though we're digging the sounds. He got on chains backed by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive. With their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker Five. They played the monster man. And it was a graveyard smash. They played the mash. It's caught on in a flash. They played the mash. They played the monster mash. Out from his coffin, Brack's voice did ring. Seems he was troubled by just one thing. Opened the lid and shook his fist and said, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. It's now a graveyard smash. It's now a mash. It's caught on in a flash. It's now a mash. It's now the monster mash. Now everything's cool. Drax a part of the band. And my monster mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them Boris sent. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. The monster mash. And do my graveyard smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on with a flash. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. Mash fool! Is he got you impetuous young boy? Mash fool! Lieutenant, I don't want to... Go through it again, baby. You might even convince me. How'd you like that? But I know so little. 
I woke up and this girl's a pile. Hold it, Logan. How'd you get to the apartment? I told you. I don't know. It, it's all a blank. I wonder if a grand jury will believe you. Go on. Well, I woke up in this apartment. It was a nicely furnished place. I'd been sleeping in a chair. Been there before? Never. I swear it. You don't know how you got there. You've never been there before. But you were sleeping in a chair and Miss Hollister... Is that her name? You wouldn't know, would you? You only killed her. Oh, that's a lie. Okay, okay. Tell it nicely. I walked through the apartment and... Uh, well, I found her. She was lying on the bed. Well, when the doctor got there, she was on the floor. I explained. You know I explained well, that. You know better than to move a dead body. I didn't know she was dead, I tell you, but... She was lying there as if she was sleeping. And you've never seen her before, never been there before, and this doll is strangled while you're sleeping in a chair. She's wearing a nightdress, and she was strangled, Logan, strangled. And her name is Hollister? Marion Hollister, as if you didn't know. A rich girl with rich parents, and they have enough pull at City Hall to put you away for life just for being there. Want to change your story? I can't change it. That's the way it happened. What do you remember immediately before you found yourself in this apartment? The last I remember is getting off a subway train at City Central. Mm-hmm. And I was walking up the escalator and... Oh, oh there, there was a girl. Oh, there was a girl, was there? You missed that bit out. Where was she? She seemed to be sick. She was leaning against the wall of the station just beyond the escalator and... I, I think I stopped and asked her if I could help. And you remember nothing more? No, not a thing. This is a highly likely story. Let me tell you, Logan, amnesia has been put forward as a defense in a score of murder cases in the city. It has succeeded twice. Most times with girls so pretty that they'd have got away with it if they'd been caught with a smoking gun in one hand. I can't help it. I'm telling you the truth. Okay. I'm going to put you back in a cell. Maybe you can remember a little more. Officer, take this man away. <laughs> my time of life, but I have a sneaking feeling this guy, Harry Logan, is telling the truth from the Hollister case. Uh, he just happened to get in this apartment where she was killed, and he can't remember a thing. He says he saw a girl in the subway. She was sick, or so he thinks. Or so he thinks. Yeah. How did he get to the apartment? How did he get in? Oh, we don't know yet. But there's something we do know. Logan's hands don't fit the prints on the Hollister girl's neck. She was strangled by a much larger man. I tell you what, Carly. Hmm? If you can't tie this guy Logan in with a kill, let him run for a while and we can find out how he goes. Have him followed. Uh, none of it makes sense. None of it. How did he get into that apartment? Well, maybe, Chief, if we follow him long enough, we'll find out. Have you asked him to identify the body? No, but we'll do that before we turn him loose. Maybe we can learn something from his reaction. <laughs> And here, Logan, is is this the morgue? That's not the art museum. Uh, over here. Now, did you ever see her before? Well, it, it, it's horrible. Horrible. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. 
I asked her if you'd ever seen her before. No, never. Not to my knowledge. Sure. Sure, I can be. Lieutenant Crowley, this is like a nightmare. Okay, son, come upstairs to my office. I want to show you pictures of how she was when she was still alive. I'm sorry to say I don't. Was she the woman in the subroom? I don't know. You know how it is there, all darks and lights. I just don't know. Now, don't worry, then. Maybe we'll discover something. You're in the clear, son. Just go on your way. What? Why, thanks. I I don't understand what happened. I I don't understand at all. It's a mystery to me. Yeah, me too, son. Maybe one of those cases nobody can ever explain. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Thank you for what you did for me that night in the subway. In in the subway? Yeah. I fainted and you helped me. Who are you? A name doesn't matter. Uh, sit down. Have a drink. Not now, thank you. The hat's hiding your face. I don't recognize you. I'll take it off. Hey, is that better? But you're Marion Hollister. Why not? Why not? You're a sandwich, lady sandwich. The girl here. Uh, where did you go? What girl? I don't see no girl, mister. Lieutenant Carly, I, I know you think I'm crazy, but this is on the level. I saw her. I spoke to her. Marion Hollister is being buried today. How did you identify her? Her father made the identification, but we checked her fingerprints. They're on record. She knocked a guy over with her car three years back, got away with a rap, although I think she should have gone to jail. Now, just take it easy, son. But, but what happened then? Why, oh, you've been under a bad strain, boy. Been in jail, accused of murder. Well, you got a dream or a hallucination or something, that's all. Well, somebody was impersonating her. She was exactly like her photograph. Just take it easy, son. Uh, where was this bar you were at? Murphy's on the corner of Main and 60th. Oh, I can't see a girl like Marion Hollister going in a place like that. Now, we're busy on the case. I'll talk to the bartender later. Just you go home and relax. But it was her. I, I, I tell you, it was her. And, and if you aren't going to do anything about it, then I will. <laughs> Mr. Holder. Oh, I get it. I pay you or you raid the place. Your yeah, well, business is lousy. The most I could go is 50 bucks. Look, I want information. A guy named Logan was in here the other night. Yeah, that's right. How do you know his name's Logan? Right. One of the reporters told me. 
One of the newsmen. You served in a beer at his table. There was a dame with him. I never saw a dame. Sure, sure, I'm sure. Get your jacket, Buster. I'm taking you in. Say, what is it? Ask for questioning. Are you coming quietly or in two pieces? I'll come quiet. Cops. You can't win with cops. You're the crime editor of the banner? Yeah. I know your face. Uh, you're the guy that was picked up as a suspect in the Hollister case. Then you're released. I'm sorry. You were yesterday's news. I want to know something about Marion Hollister. What kind of a woman she was. Yeah. Come in my office. Uh-huh. Take a seat. Uh, you got anything to tell me we don't know? What kind of person was she, uh, the Hollister girl? Well, between you and me, strictly a hot rod. A poor little rich girl. Could you be more specific? Oh, I'd lose my job. Her dad owns half this city and half this newspaper. Now, look. She lived for the kicks, drink or drugs or anything else. It was all the same to sweet little Marion. She didn't look that kind of girl. Oh, so you did see her? Only her picture. She was arrested once for driving stinking drunk, and she killed a guy. Her old man even sprung her on that one. She had a sweet face. No heart. Was there anywhere specific that she used to frequent? Uh-huh. Fellini's gambling club on the east side. Duke Fellini was said to be her special boyfriend. But don't quote me. Say, what is this anyway? Oh, it's only that I, I saw her ghost. <laughs> I'll let you know if I hear anything. Well, it's an unlucky number. Come on. Come on. What do you know? Wasn't even luck. What? I... 
Give me Lieutenant Carley. Hello, Carly? I'm in the apartment of Carlo Fellini at 13 Wilkshire Chambers. Come over quick. Fellini's dead. Okay, but in future, you don't play cops and robbers, Logan. That's my job. How did he die? Shot about three days back. Know the guy? Of course not. You don't know anybody, do you? No. No, I don't know anybody. Ah, beats me. No kidding. Oh, police have identified her by a prince. You say you saw her. Or her ghost. And now they find Fellini dead. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go down to the library. Check everything we've got on this barrel. This is the driving case, just like I said. Oh, here's an item, though. You found something? That's probably nothing. It's just an item about her personal maid being arrested for possessing drugs. Released. Released in the custody of Miss Hollister. And there's a note to say the maid appeared in court in a mink coat and crocodile shoes. Suppose the maid is posing as her. Now she's dead. Why should she do that? Well, how do I know? Have you got the, the maid's home address? Oh, for you, anything. Here it is. Seven Links Boulevard. That's Anne Konoski in the sticks. Thanks. Her name is Ellis, Mary Ellis. Well, thanks for the Fellini story. Let's know if you come across anything. Right. I owe you that much. Perhaps you've laid a ghost for me. discover the whereabouts of Miss Mary Ellis. I understand she is about to inherit some money under Miss Hollis's will. Don't lie to me. Marion wouldn't have left Mary a red cent. Mary was fired long since. What is it, that? No, not that. Is Mary Ellis here? You're looking at her. Come in. Thanks. Now then, what is it? You look rather like Marion Hollister, don't you? I bet. Where's the mink coat? Gone to the pawn shop. What's it to you? Mary, who killed Carlo Fellini? Oh, is that rat dead? God wouldn't. I think Mary Hollister killed him. Don't you? And then she was killed herself by one of Fellini's gangsters. And you've been impersonating her for some reason. Now, why? Oh, go fry an egg. Would you rather tell me or the police? What's the diff? I don't know a thing about it. I got nothing to hide. I'm going home now. If you want me, my telephone number is Chenal 337. Make a note of it. I'll write it on the Hudson Road and forget it. That might be your hard luck. I live at the Harvey Hotel, room 61. That's in Mesha. I don't care if it's in the Bronx. Someday you may just care. Someday you may wake up dead the way Mary Hollister did. Now you just think about it. I'll give you two seconds consideration. Now beat it. Thanks. For nothing. You can see yourself out, but don't scratch the woodwork. Logan here, room 61. 
That is Marion Hollister, Mr. Logan. Uh, I don't know what the game is, honey, but Marion Hollister is dead. And I don't believe in ghosts. Don't you, honey? Perhaps you should. Whoever you are, what do you want? To talk to you. Come over to the apartment. Where you found her. Sure. Sure. And I'll bring the police with me. Oh, I wouldn't do that, darling, if I were you. Why not? Because they wouldn't find anything there. Are you coming? Oh, okay. I'll be along. I'll leave the door at the last. I'll be seeing you. Police? Uh, give me Lieutenant Carly. Uh, hello, Carly. I just wanted to tell you that... that I've got a date with a dead woman. Oh, mister. Thanks. Anybody there? Where are you, Marion? <laughs> Where are you? I'm here, darling. Where? There I was before. No. Don't you like me? The same black negligee, a bruiser. Darling, I want you to forget me. Please. I can't rest while this goes on. Please let me sleep in peace. Come on, boy. Ah, where's the light switch? Huh? Oh, here. Ah, ah. Ah, she, she was here. Huh? I tell you, she was here. Just like it was that night. She was here at... She was dead. Look, I don't know what this is all about, but I'm going to find out, Sergeant Wells. You just search this place, find out how that escaped. I'll take you. Logan, if this is all a figment of your imagination, there'll be trouble. I'm warning you. I don't know anymore. I just don't know. Maybe I'm going mad. Now go back to your hotel, Logan. Keep off the streets. You may be in danger. I'm in danger. What's going out of my mind? <laughs> What are you doing here? Don't you like me? Even a little? You're real. You want a ghost? No. I'm not a ghost, Logan. I'm Marion Hollis. That's impossible, and you know it. I was Mary Ellis, too. See yourself out and don't scratch the paintwork. But the Hollis girl's fingerprints were checked. Oh, surely. But you see, I was on a drunken driving charge. My maid looks a lot like I do. That's why I told her she could always get me an alibi. Well, I paid her well to stand in for me. It was her fingerprints they took, not mine. Then the, the real Mary Ellis was, was the dead girl in, in your apartment. That's right. My money comes from my dad. When I went to Fellini's place, Mary seen around with me. I'd been forbidden to visit Fellini. Poor Carl. I killed him. I killed him with this gun. Put that thing away. I shot Carlo because he was through with me. All he ever wanted was money and more money. He called me names that night. 
Carlo has a brother. Carlo's brother has big hands. Poor Mary Ellen. She did look like me. Give yourself up. If you explain it... No, it won't help now. I was going home by subway and I suddenly felt fainter. After all, I just shot Carlo. You wanted to help me and that was all. But I couldn't let you give evidence later that you'd seen me. That would have placed me too near to Fellini's place. What happened to me? I asked you to take me home. Then I rang a certain doctor, I know. He just hypnotized you, that's all. Told you to forget and sleep. Logan, if I'd have gone into my bedroom, I'd have seen Mary Ellis dead. I didn't. Not till later. Then I couldn't move you, and I had to leave you there. And now? I tried to make you think I was my own ghost and shake you off the trail. I made up of Mary Ellis in case the police went to question her. They didn't. You turned up. But you didn't really believe in ghosts, did you? I began to at the end. How did you get out of the bedroom? Oh, I just slipped past the police in the dark. Well, I decided to shoot myself, but the game isn't played out yet. It might be easier to shoot you. You're only making it harder for yourself. You know that. I don't think there's too much to you for shooting a rat like Fellini. Sorry, Logan. You were good to me. You liked me, even. But I'm rotten, and I always was, and... I'm going to do the selfish thing to the end. Put it down! Yeah, put it down, Miss Hollis. Say, you see, Logan's been close to her ever since we let him out of jail. Well, here goes nothing! Trevor, are you dead? <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't take that! This rat! She stopped me doing the only decent thing I ever tried in my whole life! I hate you! I hate everybody! It'll pass, Marion. Everything does. Things can get better for you. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I just moved in my new house today
kitchen, my stove was a blazing hot. Coffee was a boiling in the pot. My grease had melted in my hand. I had a hunk of meat in my hand. From outer space, there sat a man. On the hot stove with the pots and pans. He drank the hot coffee right from the spout. He ate the raw meat right from my hand. Drank the hot grease from the frying pan. I said to me, you better run. And don't be here when the morning comes. Say yes, I'll be here when the morning comes. Back in the 1950s and 60s, you could find Sheb Woolley on a bunch of different cowboy western TV dramas, but we all know him and love him as being the singer of The Purple People Eater. But when he wanted to get really strange, he changed his name to Ben Calder and sang songs like this, Shudders and Screams. Shudders and screams come from the window of the house where we used to dwell. Bubbles and steam and lots of wild Air raise and yell. The house where I live had a big mortgage held by a fella named Stein. Then I found out his first name was Franken, but I didn't make the payment on time. <laughs> Just last night I walked by the old place and I heard a weird sounding boot. There in the window, just up above me, old Igor was playing his blues. Shudders and screams come from the window of the house where we used to dwell. Bubbles and schemes and lots of wild laughs. Oh, Overhead was a sign that read Frankenstein's Monster Project. And mashing around just inside the ground was a chap with a stick through his leg. And he did the monster mash. Shudders and screams come from the window of the house where we used to dwell. Bubbles and screams and lots of wild laughter. Oh, what a hair-raising yell. One more time, Frankenstein. Shudders and screams come from the window of the house where we used to 
1958, John Zachary was also already a mainstay in Philadelphia television. When John came up with this great song called Dinner with Drac and it became a huge hit, Channel 9 in New York, an ABC affiliate, insisted and paid him all kinds of money to get him to New York, where he terrorized the entire town, including the mayor, for many years after. Chiller Theater became a nationwide phenomenon with people like John Zachary and Vampira all over the country. Everybody was doing that. Let me play for you two great recordings from Zachary. The first one, the original Dinner with Drac. The second one, Happy Halloween. by the sea. The orders were fine, but I choked on my wine when I learned that the main course was me. Small gherkins. While she served the tea, she ate 43, which pickled her internal workings. <laughs> Go on the left with the pitchforks. What a swimmer is Dracula's daughter, but her pool looks more red than the daughter. The blood stains the boat, but it's easy to float, cause blood is much thicker than water.
Time is just about up. I have had a great time. Anytime I get to play Halloween songs and spooky stuff, I am always happy. All I can tell you is this is one of my favorite holidays, and uh, I love to be scared. Don't you? Well, the only thing that really scares me these days is the IRS. For everybody here... At Old Time Rock and Roll, this is Lee Douglas. Have a very happy Halloween. Here's the one and only Screamin' Jay Hawkins to close us out. That is a wrap.
Oh, you. 